0: Was Johanna, the victim whose body was raided to produce the cell lines that Pfizer used to test its vaccine, killed that way? Was Professor der Erb or someone like him standing alongside the abortionist ready to reap the harvest? We'll never know. Vander Erb told the FDA that such records have been lost. I bet they have. Oh, it's not- us do what i want to talk about is my personal thoughts on the vaccine now i try not to really give too much subjective personal opinion and vaccines is certainly not a hill i want to die on um, i'm not blindly pro-vaccine i'm not blindly anti-vaccine there was a time where I just believed the government schedule was something that you could trust. Different countries have different schedules. So is a government schedule in England or New Zealand or America or some other civilised, developed, scientific, technological, uh, free-thinking, democratic, advanced society, are they anti-vax if they have a slightly less crowded schedule than ours. I mean, what does a baby need a hepatitis B shot for? Uh, I I think every vaccine decision should be made case by case. And uh, I think the word anti-vax is intellectually lazy uh, and usually used by very mean people. It's just mean. It's lazy and it's mean. Uh, What is important is freedom. And that is a hill that I will die on. That is a hill that I think we should fight for. And I'm certainly not the first. I've never had to risk my life to fight for freedom, but thousands have. It's a good, millions have. It's a good value to fight for. This is a battle that we should pick, the battle for freedom. So I want to have a chat to you about my personal thoughts uh, about the COVID vaccines and I was hesitant, and now I'm resistant. Um, I was hesitant, and, and I submitted my opinions to my doctor, had a private conversation, and my doctor's uh, not a groupthink lemming. He he actually can think critically and, and independently, like you would hope a man of science should. And he basically confirmed my thinking. Uh, I said, my first hesitation is that this isn't the same as every other vaccine that's ever been out there before. The normal vaccine mechanism for the past century and decades upon decades certainly is to take a sample of the virus that we're trying to immunise against, deactivate it, and then introduce that deactivated virus into the body so that the body can develop uh, antibodies without great risk. And then what happens is the antibodies are then present and produced in your body. So when an armed virus, an active virus comes in later that presents high risk to the person, uh, there's already that antibody production and it's able to be overcome quickly by the enhanced immune system of people. Uh, and this is naturally how immunity is reached anyway. we We get a disease that we survive, and we can better resist it next time. It's why you don't freak out when a kid puts dirt in the mouth. But this vaccine is not like all the others. There's no reason to lend the current vaccines any credibility on the back of previous vaccines because this is an entirely new mechanism with no long-term studies. And sure, Other vaccines haven't needed the same length of testing as this one does because we know the mechanism generally works and so short-term testing may be adequate. But mRNA technology is completely new and there is no long-term studies proving that two years, five years, ten years down the track, there's no really, really bad consequences to it. Reading from a medical professional's correspondence on this, uh, he writes to uh, some politicians, given that there is now ample evidence in the US and Israel that the effectiveness of COVID vaccines are significantly poorer than originally believed from Pfizer and AstraZeneca phase three trials, and that vaccines do not significantly prevent infection or transmissibility of COVID it raises serious utilitarian concerns. We don't know much about this vaccine. And I think it is therefore reasonable for somebody with extremely low risk, like me, I'm in the prime of my life, fighting fit, very rarely get sick by anything for any reason at all. Uh, it, it, it doesn't make sense for me to take the flu vaccine every year. And I don't. I never have. And so I approach it the same way. I don't think I'm a risk of fatality, not a high risk. There's a there's always a chance, but the same chance of dying when you go for a drive to get some milk. There is a fatality rate by getting in the car. Um, but there are acceptable risks. and And every death is a tragedy we would have preferred avoided. But at what cost? Should I stop driving because there is a fatality risk? No, that's what we call an acceptable risk, uh, which doesn't display any callousness towards those lives which are lost from acceptable risks taken. I have an aversion to getting meaningless, trivial vaccines. But then I read this article this morning, and I think this article provides a it's a deal breaker. This there's no longer any question now. I am definitely not going to be getting uh, any COVID vaccine um, that is on offer currently in Australia, and it's something that I haven't heard discussed a lot in the last twelve months. I mean, last year there was plenty of discussion about looking for an ethical vaccine that had nothing to do with uh, aborted fetal cells or derivatives of aborted fetuses. I, I know they're not using actual babies. Uh, anymore. Um, But let's have a read of this article because the writer, John Zmirak, uh, just does such a great job. And and this article is available for you to find on the stream, uh, which is stream.org. And it's called The Abortion Ties of the COVID Vaccines. A deal killer or no big deal? John Zmirak writes, Yesterday I went to visit my doctor. Why? Why? mainly because a good friend of mine and his family came down with COVID. He's an MMA athlete, and the illness left him, as he put it, at death's door. That is, until his doctor put him on azithromycin and prednisone, which quickly relieved his lungs and got him on the path to recovery. My friend strongly advised me, as a pudgy couch potato at higher risk of COVID death, to get hold of these medicines in advance and have them ready in case. Thankfully, my doctor agreed and gave me the prescriptions. So if or maybe when I come down with COVID, I won't be half dead, scrambling for answers, getting tested in my parking lots and getting tested in parking lots. I'm also getting on a regimen of vitamins C and D plus zinc to help my immune system. I pass this advice along to you. One hurdle I knew I'd face with my doctor, explaining why I will not accept the vaccine. When he asked, I explained that I couldn't make take the current approved vaccines for religious reasons. That didn't seem to explain anything to him, so I continued, they're linked to abortion. He smiled, no, no, there are some that aren't, and proceeded to tell me about Pfizer's product. But that was tested on cells from an aborted baby, I said. I don't want to benefit from an abortion, so I won't take it. He looked unsatisfied but shrugged and, thank you, Lord, wrote me the prescription for azithromycin and prednisone. If my doctor didn't know this fact, I'll bet a lot of my readers don't either. Many of you may have innocently gotten the vaccine, and I'm not here to judge you for what you did in all good faith. But we all deserve to know the truth, especially if we're still weighing our decisions about the vaccine and about the use of government or corporate coercion to impose the vaccine on everyone. Later this week, I will unpack the moral and even eschatological implications of governments, many employers and even some of our churches pressuring millions of Americans to benefit from abortion. In fact, I'll go through a prophetic, unsettling essay of Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. He calls the use of aborted fetal cells in medicine a human sacrifice of innocent victims offered to Satan. Just reading that makes me wince. I can hear Larry David's voice in my head saying, that's pretty strong language there, pretty strong. But having read Vigano's letter and passed the logic, I can't say that I find any flaws. Let's save that for Friday's column, though. For now, let's just look at the facts about Pfizer. Its vaccine has the fewest apparent ethical concerns compared to, say, Johnson & Johnson. I'm using as a reference a heavily documented information sheet provided by Children of God for Life. The company did not use fetal cells in developing the vaccine. No cloned cells from unborn babies appear in it, nor will be injected into your bloodstream. Nobody at Pfizer called up Planned Parenthood and ordered fetal organs from a baby born alive delivered in a styrofoam cooler. That is what's apparently happened at the University of Pittsburgh with NIH funding. Instead, Pfizer followed what is standard corporate procedure and avoided testing the vaccine on animals. Don't want to upset the activists, outraged as I am, at cruel beagle experiments such as Anthony Fauci approved. But Pfizer did test the vaccine on cells cloned from a single aborted fetus. Alas, the child never had a name. We do know it was an unborn baby girl aborted in the Netherlands around 1972. Pro-life bioethicists in Britain decided to do her justice and name her Johanna Vera Alderleisten. Researcher Alex van der Erbe, PhD, who developed the kidney cell line Pfizer used from Johanna's DNA, testified before the FDA that Johanna was healthy. He said that the reason for her abortion was unclear. Johanna's kidney must have been carefully harvested, then tissue from it cloned. Since then, Johanna's genetic heritage provided medical researchers with a free fire zone for thousands of clinical tests on products that helped millions of patients and generated billions in revenue. Some people have been spreading the misinformation that Johanna might have been a miscarriage. Sadly, one of the those promoting this groundless claim is a Catholic priest, MIT-trained scientist, Father Nicanor Ostriaco. He did so in the influential influential neoconservative journal, The Public Discourse. His claim contradicts the testimony of Professor van der Erb, who flatly asserted that Johanna was an abortion. The priest's speculative claim also flies in the face of the scientific realities of fetal tissue harvest. As Jose L. Trasancos, PhD, explained here at The Stream, miscarried fetuses are useless as sources for fetal tissue because they are already dead. Quote, no competent biologist would even try to establish a living cell line from dead tissue. Even a run-of-the-mill abortion probably wouldn't suffice. For research purposes, fetal tissue must be harvested and cooled within minutes of the abortion. The scientific literature strongly implies that the abortions are carefully coordinated with tissue harvesting. One gets the clear sense that the abortion and the harvesting of the desired tissue were planned to preserve the integrity of the tissue. In summary, establishing a living cell line from dead tissue is not possible. The cell lines used to test and or develop the available COVID-19 vaccines came from abortion and deliberate planning, not spontaneous miscarriage or stillbirth. In other words, Johanna's death was likely coordinated in advance with a researcher, with someone like Professor van der who wanted her organs and was ready to harvest them almost instantly. Timing and cell decay after death is a problem which researchers, such as those at the University of Pittsburgh, seem to have solved. How? Easy. By obtaining the fetuses while they were still alive and vivisecting them. As Republican Senate candidate Sean Parnell describes the procedure, quote, I saw some news that the University of Pittsburgh was conducting research on extracting kidneys from unborn babies, extracting their kidneys while their hearts were still beating. In the University of Pittsburgh, in my backyard, Parnell said, that's horrific, that's evil, end quote. Centre for Medical Progress founder David Daleiden notes that the University of Pittsburgh has admitted to removing kidneys from children like Johanna while their hearts are still beating. Quote, Pitt is now admitting to news media that the aborted babies are still alive at the time their kidneys are cut out for NIH grant money. Pitt's grant application advertised this to the federal government and that labour induction abortions where the baby is pushed out of the mother hole, would be used to obtain the tissue. The plain meaning of the grant application under the University of Pittsburgh statement today explaining it is that Pitt and the Planned Parenthood abortion providers responsible for its research abortions are allowing babies some of the age of viability to be delivered alive and then killing them by cutting their kidneys out, end quote. Was Johanna, the victim whose body was raided to produce the cell lines that Pfizer used to test its vaccine, killed that way? Was Professor Vander Erb or someone like him standing alongside the abortionist, ready to reap the harvest? We'll never know. der Erb told the FDA that such records have been lost. I bet they have. There are some things we do know. I'll list them so people can remember them when deciding about the least ethically questionable vaccine available. Johanna was aborted, not miscarried. She was almost certainly aborted in collusion with the tissue harvester. Otherwise, her kidneys would have been dead and the tissue useless. Abortions directly linked to harvesting organs and tissue are still going on and being funded by governments. So the evil of fetal tissue harvest is not remote. And the fact that Johanna died more than 30 years ago is morally irrelevant. It's an ongoing, even escalating evil, which we're rewarding by making it profitable. By taking vaccines derived from Johanna and her fellow abortion victims, we are willingly benefiting from a profound, continuing evil, just as surely as if we were buying kidneys on the black market that China harvested from religious prisoners of conscience. As Forbes reports, it's still doing. This Vatican, which greenlit our taking the vaccine, sent Pope Francis's right-hand man, Bishop Marcello Sorondo, to a conference of China's organ harvesters, where he flattered the Chinese regime. Now that you know all this, do you want to benefit from such deaths? Should the deaths of such innocents give us life, Do you really want to go to the throne of God a few years later than you might have with this cup of cold poison on your conscience? I sure as hell don't, and I use the H word advisedly. And again, that entire article was written by John Zmirak, one of the editors at The Stream, uh, where you can find that article on stream.org under the title, The Abortion Ties of the COVID Vaccines a deal killer or no big deal. Uh, Now, the reality is that there is, that Pfizer is the best of them. Um, The other vaccines available in Australia, AstraZeneca and soon Moderna, uh, were developed on fetal cell lines from aborted fetuses and are not ethical. Pfizer wasn't developed on them, uh, but it was tested on them. Uh, And... I can't in good conscience um, have any such vaccine, Uh, but I certainly would like to put political pressure on the Prime Minister uh, to source an ethical option for those people who want the vaccine. With this particular vaccine, I refuse. I will not, when I have any say in it, with any free will, give approval to benefiting from the slaughter of innocent children. And frankly, I'm happy to encourage you to also decline on those grounds. Uh, Go along to your doctor, get a certificate if you need one, saying for religious reasons, because whether developed on or tested on aborted fetal cell lines, it's unethical, it's immoral, and we say no. No. to do something